Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with award-winning author Vicki Rubin. As the award-winning author of the memoir, Raising Jess, A Story of Hope, Vicki is an experienced public speaker and keynote speaker, and she is a passionate advocate for families of children with disabilities. In addition to her memoir, Vicki is a published essayist and blogger. Her blog, Vicki's Views, gives a heartwarming and humorous view of everyday life. She is the parent of a child with a rare chromosome deletion and an expert on working with families with children and adults receiving special services. Vicki is the best kind of warrior and advocate. Enjoy this interview. Thanks for taking a minute out. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to talking to you. Before we get into your life as an author and a writer, you know, we went through quite a thing for the last three years with COVID, and I know that writing tends to be more of a solitary kind of vocation, but how did you survive that time period, and how has it changed the way that you approach life now and your craft? Um, It's interesting because I started writing my blog. In fact, it's written on my blog's first page. I started writing my blog basically on the day when they told people, don't leave the house. So I I had already had my book. Um, I was in the process, but I felt this need to write more frequently during COVID. And I believe getting up every day, having that to do, was was uh, what got me through the years of COVID because um, yeah um, yeah that just getting up to write and to um, and, and there was all right I'm not doing very well here <laughs> okay. no you're fine I, okay you're, you're, uh, <laughs> um, the uh, COVID provided. So much, so much for me to write about. I'm a, I'm considered a nervous person, so I wrote humorous blogs about, you know, hypochondria and trying to go shopping and you know washing the vegetables and and all that. So it really, it it, it the writing really helped me. You I, know I mean, what. No, go ahead. I was just going to say my book originally came out also during COVID, and I believe that was a difficult time because there weren't any um, come into bookstores and do book signings, and things were kind of closed up. So the way to promote your book was only online. There wasn't a lot of face-to-face. Well, you know, they always say anybody that's been a veteran writer always says that the best thing that you can do as a writer is write every day. So it's really kind of it's part and parcel to the process. Yes, absolutely. So, so let's go back in your life when you were when you were young. What did you dream that you wanted to be when you grew up? Was it always a writer? No, I never thought I was going to be a writer. Um, I. I'm from Long Island, and my dad was a dress manufacturer uh, in the city. He worked in the he, in the garment center, and I used to work in his office in the summers. And I actually thought one day I was going to live in the city and work in the garment center. I even knew what apartment I was going to live in, and 
and where I, I had my whole life planned out and everything, every single thing is different than what I anticipated. Are you happy with how everything's turned out? Absolutely. When I went to undergrad, I still didn't have, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And at the time, I had a boyfriend who's now my husband, who I met in college, and his mom was a teacher. And so I was like, fine, I'll go into elementary education. And and so I, I got my degree in elementary education, but I didn't really have the desire to go into special education or do anything at that time. And then having my daughter really changed my life, all for the better, but it also changed my career. You know, it's interesting. You've mentioned a couple of things that I can kind of relate to. My uh, my dad was actually born in Brooklyn and raised in Long Island. He was raised in uh, Massapequa. Oh, I'm from Westbury. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I I I could I could tell the accent when you said Long Island. And my son Miles is 18, and he's in the autism spectrum. So I've been experienced very immersed with the uh, special ed community here in Kansas City for quite some time now. Absolutely. When I was working, um, one staff member in my department, um, really a local expert in autism, and we did a lot for families whose children have autism and just about the diagnosis and education and family dynamics. And there, as as you know, as a parent, there's a whole spectrum, not spectrum, autism spectrum, but a whole spectrum of of changes and adjustments that you have to make as a family. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep, certainly. So let's go back to your childhood and growing up. And how did these seeds of creativity and writing get in you? I know you had a different career, but... You're, you know, you're writing now. So how do you think all of that kind of manifested into who you are today? So when we were younger, my family, we always wrote little poems to each other. And as I got older and, um, when, and I moved away from my family in Long Island, moved to Western New York, on our birthdays, we would write poems, but we would send them through telegrams because that's what you were able to do. And then it became a malogram, and then it became email, and then it became text. So we always had this cute back-and-forth poetry. And for a while, I was writing poems for people if they had birthday parties or if they wanted an invitation. So I always had that going. I also wrote a lot and had it published in our local newspaper um, and op-ed pieces. So I always had a little bit of the writing. And my mom always said to me, Vicki, you should write a book. And I'm going to stop here for one second. Am I answering your question? Because I know you were talking about my childhood and now I'm talking yeah, about how Yeah, you are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you are. Okay. You're fine. Okay, so I'll just start again. My mom always said, Vicki, you should write a book. And I always said, Mom, I've got three children. One of my children has very significant needs. I'm working full time. I don't have time to write a book. 
And when I retired, um, my kids bought me an old school dictionary and thesaurus, and they got me a pen and pen and said, write your book. And I had been collecting so much information all throughout the years that it was completely overwhelming to how, where do you start to write a book? Do you write a textbook? How do you, how does this even happen? And then I read a memoir by, uh, by a person who had an extraordinary challenge in his life. And he wrote his memoir in essays. And for me, that was a light bulb because I had been writing in essay form. My op-eds were always essay. If I wrote something for work, a piece for families, it was always essay. And I thought, oh, I can write my book in essay form. So the book, it's called Raising Jess, A Story of Hope, is the it's a memoir talking about our family's life and raising a child with a rare chromosome disability. But it's written in essay format, so it's such an easy, fast read. So I'm curious, you know, there's always that book in your life that really either makes you want to write or makes you love reading. What was that for you early on in your life? So my dad taught me the love of reading, and I felt the hook, I thought, with this book called The First Deadly Sin. I, for me, that is the book. I don't, I don't even know why, but that was the book that gave me the, I love this book. My dad uh, remembers it as when he gave me the book, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. So I guess it's one of those books that just captured me. And and even now, I always have, I'm reading a book on my Kindle, and I have a uh, a book on Audible. So I, I usually have two books going at the same time. It's just, it's always been a passion of mine. I, you know, I never thought I would be a writer of a book. But I've always, always loved reading. So who's been a role model or hero for you in your life? It, the person who's been a hero, she's a fellow, she's a fellow mom. Her name is Chris. And her son, um, at five years old, was diagnosed with Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. And she took that diagnosis and made an extremely positive life for her son. So when someone has Duchenne's, their lifespan is not, it's usually under 30. And her son, she made sure, had every opportunity. He went to college. He worked. And when he was about 21 years old, he wanted to live independently in his own home. And she knew at that time that if she waited for the state and the government to do the funding and find the house, it wasn't going to work. And she and her husband opened up a foundation, and they were able to create a group home for five men who had similar physical disabilities, but cognitively they were doing okay, and they were able to live independently, and her foundation ran the house, and after that, they opened up three other houses, and to me, she's a hero, because she didn't do a woe as me, she created a foundation that helped her son and helped 
so many other families. That's wonderful, absolutely wonderful. It's kind of a philosophy that, um, yeah, I, I totally understand very, very well. Um, there, I just want to say there are so many families in 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 the industry. I don't even know if you want to call it an industry, but when you're thinking of families of children with special needs, so many of the families take that path that they've been given and rise to a level that they never knew. Uh, there's another woman who. Um, she called me because I, as I said, worked with families. Um, she was pregnant with a child with Down syndrome, and her OB, her obstetrician, was trying to convince her pretty much to terminate the pregnancy, and she did not want to terminate the pregnancy. And we spoke, and I, you know, just told her what it was like raising my daughter, and it was just this really positive conversation and her child right now I believe is eight years old she is one of the leaders working with families locally for um, individuals with Down syndrome she's also worked professionally with other professionals and she has she's also become another local hero and has taken the path that life gave them and changed it for the better that's wonderful, absolutely, um, and it does. As a as a parent, it will open your eyes up to a whole other side of of reality that you never knew was there. So I I personally understand and can attest to that. Um, if you could meet anybody alive on the planet right now, who would it be? Who would you love to meet oh, and talk boy. to? Okay, I wasn't prepared for this question. <laughs> I was prepared for <laughs> the others. Anybody alive? And I have to, I have to make sure that I'm getting her name right. And it's, it's completely nothing about my um, my industry. Um, I've always been such a fan of Lois Gibbs, and I don't know most people don't know who she is. She she's an American environmental activist, and she is the one who fought and fought um, back in the 70s for Love Canal um, that was in uh, Niagara Falls area. And she went on to become an incredible advocate for um, for the environment, for, for so many individuals and so many families. And I've just always had a lot of I, – I, I've always really admired her because at a time when people weren't fighting – for environmental justice, she stood up and she she changed she changed the lives of so many so many people's future. So she's one person. Oh, there's just there's so many people that that I admire. So, but I, I I'm going to say her. <laughs> Wonderful. So, you know, every day we wake up, we have these motivators that get us through the day and lead us to where we want to go. What's, what's your motivator? What, what gets you up and makes you be who you are? My family. Um, I'm Right now, we, my husband and I have been married 43 years. We have three children, and our oldest, Jessica, who the book is written about, is 
40, and then my I have a son who's 38 and a daughter who's 35, and we've been blessed to have grandchildren, and and everyone lives in town, and every day when I get up, it, it's just it it's for the family. It they bring such joy to to mine and my husband's lives, and um and hopefully we we bring joy to them. Or, or, and help them as much as we can with the children. <laughs> Absolutely. So let me ask you this. At the end of the proverbial day, how do you look back on the day and say that was a good day? So for, for me, looking back and saying, yes, I had a good day, is was I active? Did I do something that was physically active is very important was i able to help somebody on a given day that's very important did i connect with people that's also important did i did i do something to expand my mind that day something and uh, also a, a lot is what have I done to help get the word out to the book. I think that's, that's an important piece for me and helps me determine did I have a good day because I think the message is important to, to spread and um, I try very hard every day to do something that helps share information about the book. So what's been one of the best fan letters or responses you've gotten from the book? So when I go on Amazon and I read the reviews, the written reviews, I'm floored, just floored what people write about the book and how it has changed their lives and how it's an important read. And it's, there's not one particular but it is the accumulation of them, and I, I look there, and I'm just, I'm floored. Because when you're writing a book, you hope that people read it and and feel the feeling that you had writing it, and that it impacts them the way that you hoped it would. And then reading the reviews, and these are not from people I know. I mean, some of them are people I know, but it's not just friends and family, it's it's people I've never met. And and so just looking at that has that just wows me. And there's one in particular. Uh my daughter, as I said, has a rare chromosome deletion and I belong to this group of other families who have uh, children who have a similar deletion. And one of the uh the men on the group is a grandfather and his daughter the group and his granddaughter has a similar deletion to my daughter and so he wrote me after he read the book that he bought one for himself and one for his daughter and it opened up conversations that the two of them had never had because they were reading the book together and they were able to discuss different parts of raising the child grandchild that they were uncomfortable discussing 
before, but they read it in the book and they felt it just opened a, um, a dialogue for them. So that one always sticks out in my mind. You know, my son, I've, I've often thought this, but hopefully at some point in his life we can get to this point, but he has an extra long arm on his 15th chromosome, and that's led to developmental delays. That's the reason why he doesn't have autism, but he's in the spectrum, and he's had developmental delays his entire life. So, um, yeah, you were talking about deletion, and he has, he has just an extra piece on one chromosome, and that's, uh, yeah, that, that's what, uh, that's what happens. So. Do you belong to uh, a group? They're they're in the uh, the UK, but there's a huge American component. It's called Unique, U N I Q U E, and it's yeah. for families sounds of individuals. It sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, and there's also uh, Nord. N-O-R-D, it's an acronym, and that's a National Organization for Rare Diseases. And although I don't consider my daughter having a disease, and I'm sure you don't consider your son having a disease, a rare chromosome deletions are under that. And, and it's a way of um, connecting with other families and individuals who have, who have the deletions or, or extra parts to their chromosome. How old is your son? He's 18. Oh, he's 18? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're so. at that, I, I know you're interviewing me, but you're at that real transition age, 21, and things change. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, he got a job last summer, and I've always been the type that I've always really kind of fostered him in a way that he can do anything he wants and really given him that reign and been very active. We've, we've done, we, we do a lot. Um, I really like to get him out to see the world and feel like he's just a part of it and everything's good. He's very social. So it's, uh, yeah, but it's interesting. We are at the nexus of a new part of his life. And, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, but again, it, it, I guess the summary is that it really does. It, it, he has been a wondrous, um, level of my existence that's shown me life in a way that, I can't even imagine not being able to see it. And, uh, I mean, he's my hero. Absolutely. There's there's an essay, and it's it's called Welcome to Holland. And I don't even think Holland is still called Holland. Have you ever read it? Uh, I don't believe so. Well, I'll I'll give you the two-minute the two-minute elevator speech of Welcome to Holland. It's about going, planning on a trip to go to Italy, and you do everything to plan for that trip, and you do all the research, and and you get all the clothes, and you get on the plane, and uh, you're taking off, and they uh, they say, okay, now you're on your trip to Holland, and you land and you're in Holland and you're kind of freaking out because I, you plan. I know this. Okay. I know this. Uh, yeah. So somebody with a special needs um, uh, son or daughter explained this to me. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, I totally no. know. Yeah. So um, what I was saying is that journey of having a, a, a child with a disability, it's not that it's bad. It's just different and it's not what you expect. Expected, but that's okay. It's just different. And all the 
beautiful facets of raising a child who has different needs is something it, you just said it. it. It's like you can't even envision what it's like not having that person in your life now. And it's just there's so many joys. Yeah, absolutely there is. I agree. Um, so let's kind of get to the essence of you. Everyone out there has a perception or an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, your your readers. But ultimately, you live your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? <laughs> who do I think I am? All right. Give me, give, I'm taking a moment. <laughs> sure. That's not an easy question. At, at the end of the day, when I think, who am I? I I hope I'm somebody who offers help and support to others. I, I, I know I made my career as somebody who who did that, who offered help, who offered support, who who tried to uh lead people in in the right direction in terms of getting services for their child. And so I I hope that at the end of the day that I am looked at somebody who hopefully made a difference in other people's lives. That's that's how I would like to see myself. I'm also a very can be considered very disorganized, poor time management skills <laughs> and and uh and and running from one thing to another. So there's a lot that describes who a person is. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's great. You you hit the nail on the head. Becky, before we get out here, tell everybody where they can pick up the book, learn more about you, anything related to your world. Where do they go? Okay. So first, I just want to thank you so much for this interview. And uh, I, I, love your, I love your questions and your style of, of interview. Um, if anybody would like to check out Raising Jess, A Story of Hope by Vicki Rubin, uh, the easiest way is Amazon.com, and you'll see all those reviews I was talking about. I'm also on Barnes & Noble, or pretty much if you just Google Vicki Rubin or Raising Jess, A Story of Hope, you will see the um, you will see all the different locations that you can get the book. I also do a blog, and my website is www. VickiRubin.com and it's V-I-C-K-I-E-R-U-B-I-N. Thank you so much for this interview. Yeah. I've really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Becky. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, special needs, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm-hmm.